Good morning, good afternoon and good evening and you're very welcome to the Meat Chronicles Sports Podcast Talk A Good Game. I'm Fergal Lynch. I'm back from uh, missing out last Monday when we recorded um, from my sins. I was in Tato Park. So uh, our editor in the Meat Chronicle, Gavin Becton, stood in and he's back on deputising duty again today, replacing again Jimmy Gagan, who's decided to take another week's holidays. So Gavin, very welcome back. You two lads have more time off, more holidays than two weeks. Have to do well, something about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what a holiday they are. Taylor Park, good <laughs> Taylor Park, as always, is outstanding. Um, this isn't a paid endorsement, of course, but it was <laughs> from half nine until seven o'clock in the half nine in the morning, seven o'clock in the evening, up and down every roller coaster four or five times. Uh, managed to convince the kids to go on Cullen for the first time. Um, I'm hoping they'll start talking to me at some stage again before Christmas because they were terrified. But as always, Taylor Park, full value, great crack. Um, added the new Dino Dash ride in it, which is superb. Uh, very entertaining for young and old like myself but uh, yeah it's a great day out I do, I, I do like uh, the cool column but you know you're getting old when you have to sit down for about half an hour afterwards to <laughs> contemplate your life choices and basically yeah. where you're at with your existence you know you're getting old when <laughs> the creak of your own bones are louder than the creaking <laughs> of the of the wooden structure of the roller coaster but no it's great look at it's uh, it's that time of the year and kids are on holidays and uh yeah, you end up taking days off here and there and trying to do day trips and there's no better day trip really in the country we're blessed that it's it's a half an hour from my door to their door so it's a, a great a great spot to visit it is indeed not too long after we lost poor Ray so may he rest in peace yeah honest to god he's really left behind uh, a phenomenal legacy there I, I think it's going to change its name I, I believe at the end of this year well that was due to happen uh, anyway but, yeah, yeah but yeah. it is as you say it's some legacy when you think about it just that as somebody said the legacy leaves behind will be the, the laughs and and, and playful screams oh, of yeah. kids enjoying themselves and, and the sulkins and the, and the viking splash and all that no it's, it really is and, and something that the Coyle family can be very proud of to, to know that he's left out behind them but um, we digress straight away uh, we, we've got a busy enough podcast and we're just hearing the breaking news just before we come in to record uh, that former Mead manager Andy McEntee who had suggested quite recently that he was going to take a while uh, before he would possibly get back into management um, at any level and, and I think he actually said on the BBC podcast a couple of weeks ago that he probably owed his boss or his employer a few hours work that he was going to have to get stuck in but just been announced uh, that he has been approved by the Antrim County Board to be their, their new senior your football manager and is likely to be ratified tonight so that's breaking news is that, um, is that that's that's both from the blue stuff i mean uh, we, we did expect andy maybe just to step away for a while to as they say consider his options but um he's got back into it fairly quickly yeah he had suggested he had a family holiday booked um for i think it was august or september we're going to a wedding in portugal uh, that he was due to head off um, I'm sure he still can do that. It's not. Uh, it's not going to preclude him from doing that. But uh, I was surprised, yeah, because he's he's had when we, we talk about roller coasters he's had a roller coaster six years in terms of mead uh, the ups of, of qualifying uh, for the super eights of winning promotion to national football league division one of doing quite well in division one running teams like kerry which we'll get to uh, later on in the podcast running kerry close running mayo close running galway close and you see where those teams are now to the absolute lows of, of probably his first championship campaign where he lost to longford um, and then also suffering heartbreak to tyrone and in uh, with last minute scores and all iron qualifiers and of course the heavy defeat 
in this year's Leinster Championship to Dublin and losing out to Clare in the All Ireland qualifiers. So you would have imagined that after those roller coaster of emotions for him over the last six years, um, of a similar ferocity to Ku Cullen in Taylor Park, that he mm, would fairly have deserved mm. a year or two away from any type of management. But well, particularly, particularly, I suppose the way he left and the manner in which he left the position, there was an awful lot of absolutely out of order abuse yeah. directed towards him and um, I think he spoke about that in, in subsequent podcasts and subsequent, subsequent interviews I mean he, he, he certainly got a torrid time from a lot of, lot of so-called media supporters who made the abuse personal rather than you know objective and um, you would imagine in that sort of light that uh, you want to just kind of maybe step away and just yeah. kind of get your head and, head and check maybe, maybe you know he's built a different way in terms of the only way to actually move on is to get it back involved straight away. Yeah, absolutely. But what surprised me was that during those other interviews, he has, you know, he played until he was 42. I remember interviewing him after Dunboyne won a Fesh Cup and uh, he was he was 41 or 42 at the time. And we were saying, God, he, he was saying, yeah, I'm going to be retiring now. I'm looking forward to the break. Then next thing he knew, he was in you know, managing Dunamore Ashburn, they won an intermediate title there. He managed to meet minors to win or to get to an All Ireland final in, in twenty twelve. He then went into Dublin football to really test himself to see had he got what it takes to manage at the higher level and brought Barry Bowden St Endis the whole way to an All Ireland senior club title. So he's been sixteen he's been more. He's been mm. fifteen, sixteen years probably on the road managing teams and he was 30 years playing you know so he's at 40 odd years he's i think he said he's 57 but he's had 40 he's probably had 50 of those years without a break from football and this would have been his first opportunity so i i'm surprised from that point of view that he got back in but look at he's stone football mad as all the mcintys are they're stone football mad and you can't take that out out of anybody once it's in their character if they commit to football and he absolutely loves it why not and, and Antrim are on the up one promotion from Division 4 they're in Division 3 the irony of it is that if they do well in Division 3 or God forbid touch wood we do poorly in Division 2 we could end up uh, coming face to face with Andy McIntyre again well that, yeah, it's an interesting an interesting vista and speaking of coming face to face what is the latest are we, have, we, have we any latest on the filling of the, Look, the vacancy if, here if, if rumours were apples we'd have an orchard because there's just there's any amount of speculation and all sorts of, of word going round and meetings between this fella and that fella. it's really has been a closely guarded secret and a lot of credit has to go to the three man selection committee that they've managed to keep everything under wraps so far no names have leaked out other than Bernard Flynn who had confirmed it himself <laughs> excuse me to say that he was he was going to be uh, allowing his name go forward now I believe there were different members of the three-man selection committee were on breaks and were away for a few days at different times so they're only getting around to doing interviews I think there was interviews at the weekend um, with prospective candidates but again the only name for definite that is in the ring is Bernard Flynn of course we can go down the line of rumours and speculation. Do we want to add to that? Yeah, why not? It's <laughs> <There's laughs> what been, we do. It is what we do. You know, there's talk of, uh, of Eamon Fitzmaurice. It seems to be the one name that 
everybody has, has clung on to. But I was talking to other people during the week and I said, no, I never heard that mentioned at all. Was so, Eamon Fitzmaurice not part of the, the Flynn ticket? Was that not part of that? Or was it a separate... No, again, that, this is rumoured. There's, yeah. no, there's no Flynn ticket. Right. Uh, as such, as far as I know... Um, Bernard Flynn is still trying to gather up what his backroom team would be, finalise what his backroom team would be. Maybe he has it done by this stage, but I think up to last week he hadn't got it completely nailed down. But uh, interviews were happening over the weekend. As we said, M. Fitzmaurice was a name that was mentioned as possibly going in on the Bernard Flynn ticket. He was also mentioned as a standalone name. Uh, there was, you know, Graham Garrity, who was part of the... Um, Bernard Flynn management team when he was the mid under 20 manager for that uh, ill-fated short-term period last year before he'd fallen out uh, with the county board and with the senior management over the release of under 20 players. Graham Garrity was part of that and was he going to be part of Bernard Flynn's ticket or was Graham Garrity going to be an option on his mm. own? His name was also mentioned. Even though Colm O'Rourke said that uh, you know even an old fool or something won't go back after been knocked back three knocked times back three times yeah but there's been rumours again ha- has somebody come and knocked on his door and asked him would he be interested that would be an interesting appointment if Colm O'Rourke did allow his name go forward um, depending on the quality of a backroom team that he could put around him Barry Callahan is another name that seems to have been mentioned recently in the last few weeks Cahala Brick has also been mentioned um, obviously off the back of his success with the Mead Miners uh, Brian Farrell has been mentioned off the back of his success with Retote and, and stepping in uh, with, with Mead under 20s for times as well Kevin Riley off the back of success mm. with Trim uh, has also been mentioned Michael McDermott who Wolf Tonesman so there's been any amount of names but I think from our point of view from a journalist's point of view who you rely on sources and you rely on leaks here and there or somebody just to you know fill in the gaps around stories there has been no leaking coming from this process at all yeah so anything we say here is just pure speculation in as much as the speculation you hear down your local on a friday or saturday the, the, the caliber of those names that you mentioned all very good all mm. top-notch players and all and, and, and managers and have achieved huge amounts in the game here in the county and, and beyond but what do they have to work with in terms of going forward they'll have to be given time to, to build and strengthen and work on the squad that's there yeah there is that, that's the line that's been trotted out uh, at the appointment of every manager unfortunately since Sean uh, and even during Sean's time when he was given uh, extra extra terms in charge that he has to be given time to rebuild the team have to be given time how often can you say that you know mm. I think is it today 12 years ago since Joe Sheridan scored that goal against Loud on the 11th of July 2010 it'll be in around that but um, so we haven't won an answer since then Uh, when you see Galway and Kerry contesting or going to contest the All-Ireland Football Final uh, in a fortnight's time the last time Galway were in an All-Ireland Final was against us in 2001 Uh, we won't mention that one too too Mm. much Uh, so you know these teams have needed time but it's that long, it's 20, 21 years now since Mead were in the All-Ireland Final. It's 23 years since we've won one. I think, the, and it's 11 years or 12 years since we've won a Leinster. And we're as far away from it mm. now as we were six, seven, eight years ago. Probably more, probably further mm. away. There is undoubtedly 
uh, players there. I think Andy McEntee and his management team, you know, Colin Nally is the coach, especially Niall Ronan in strength and conditioning and some of the other people that have been in working on that end. But I think they've left the players in a good position. I think physically, uh, we're strong, we're fit. Uh, there's a lot of players who are still very young that are after getting good experience at this level when you yeah. think the likes of Matt Costello is still only 21 he was on mid on the 20s last year so he's still only 21 very young player Jordan Morris a young player um, you have experience then I believe Donald Keoghan is still hopefully going to give another year to service still not too sure about whether Brian Menton will come back uh, I know Brian had taken a year a couple of years out or a year out anyway before Andy McEntee was appointed but came back under Andy McEntee so it'd be interesting to see if Brian Menton stays so the experience is there with the older guys the experience is building in the younger fellas the base fitness levels and intensity levels and strength and condition is there as well. So the, the, new, the new man in will have a lot to work with, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and you're coming off four, four or five Leinster minor titles in the last four, uh, five or six years. So, mm. you know, okay, it's at under 17 levels. So the age the age profile of the guys that won those Leinster minors five years ago, they're probably only coming to their peak now at 21, 22 years of age. The lads that won All-Ireland last year, they're still only 18. They're still three, four, five years away from mm. being ready. But that's why this appointment, appointment of a new manager is so crucial. Mm. He has got a huge amount of development to do, a huge amount of talent to work with coming through, but it has to be nurtured properly and it has to be moulded into a successful proposition. And whether the next manager is the man that's going to deliver the success it's the next manager will be the one to lay the foundations for anything that's going to happen five six seven years down the line yes, speaking of successful propositions we had uh, two great results with the the mead ladies this yeah. weekend myself and jimmy were here holding the fort last week we didn't jinx it <laughs> we were looking ahead to two uh two quarterfinals and the camogie uh Ladies did a wonderful job. Two, that's two very convincing wins for Kenny and Kerry. Yeah, uh, coming off the back of a very frustrating campaign where, you know, even though they played quite well down in Cork, they were still beaten by Cork and they'd been beaten earlier on in the campaign and they had looked dead and buried and that win over Kilkenny managed to get them somehow back in through the back door they mm. managed to sneak away into a quarter final and it's amazing in hindsight I listened back to uh, Laura can't think of her second name former Kerry Camogie player she was on the News Talk road shows there last week and so in hindsight Mead were well fancied to beat Kerry at the weekend but they did so in emphatic style 217 to 1-7 once again Aoife Minogue uh, from Dunderry just Outstanding! I think she scored two five. Um, she's a warrior. She's an un- unbelievable, player. talented athlete. Just a real, you know, a perfect type of player built to play camogie with power, pace, all the piece, precision. She's just she's nearly, nearly unplayable when she gets into her stride. <laughs> she's yeah. such 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 a a turn of pace, you know, yeah. and, and it's very, very hard to stop when she gets into her stride, like, you know, and it's a great sight to see. And still only 23, 24 years of age. Like, she's not, she's hasn't even probably hit her prime yet at that level. Whereas, uh, they're, they're backed up and uh, 
by the likes of Jane Dolan mm. who again I think she had 8 or 9 points in the game she was outstanding uh, Jimmy covered the game so he's not here to give us the full rundown on it but you know a superb two, 217 to 1-7 anytime you beat any team coming from Kerry uh, at that level by that score is a, a superb position we're still waiting on the draw for the All-Ireland semi-finals the semi-final will be played in Nolan Park on Saturday the 23rd of July so Saturday week yeah. which is Saturday week and so we're not sure who who it is going to be against yet I think it's either Cork or Derry I think I'm not 100% sure okay. but we're waiting for the draws to be made on that okay. um, but that just set the tone on Saturday for uh, a, an even more thrilling Saturday afternoon game in Tullamore um, when me took on Galway in the ladies All-Ireland quarterfinal and as we all know they're the defending champions they've got the target on their back uh, I don't know if you saw any of it it was just uh, the it was a battle the highlights and uh, yeah talk about uh, last gas drama we thought we saw enough of that there yesterday in Croke Park but yeah Emma Duggan what can we say yeah look at she I said somebody else said she's got ice in her veins um, she was excellent throughout and you, you take her scoring out of the game her her goal her early goal put me in the ascendancy early on it looked as if they were going to pull away uh, Galway stuck to their task really well you know Tracy Leonard Olivia Dibley we mentioned these players on, on, in my preview in last week's Me Chronicle they were a threat Galway were an All-Ireland finalist in 2019 mm. uh, did 7 or 8 of the Kilcairn Clonbarren team that won the All Ireland Senior Club title, who had, they hammered more Abbey in the All Ireland final, who had absolutely destroyed Dunboyne. Our senior champions, our Vicky Wall and Emma Duggan on that team, destroyed them in the yes, All Ireland yeah. semi final. So this wasn't a, a walkover or a, a predicted walk in the park for Mead at all, and it certainly didn't turn out like that. But they did look good when Emma Duggan scored that goal early on. Uh, Goal was set up brilliantly. They didn't let Mead break on them with the pace that they normally let them break on. Turned into a real war of attrition. Mead set up their defensive structure. Goal mm. were very patient on the ball. They took their time and they took their scores. But at 1 9 to 7, with only 10 minutes left, Mead looked comfortable. But then Galway went down and got a goal even noon and got themselves right back into the game. And it was in the melting pot, looked destined for extra time. And with 15 seconds on that. Uh, countdown clock Emma Duggan gets the ball out and you think she's not going to shoot from there from there from that angle tight to the right hand side she just lofted it goalwards and it bounced off the top of the crossbar and over the bar unbelievable and it was just no time there was no time for Galway to respond yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. the perfect time to score again similar to Kerry against Dublin yesterday when you score at that stage the opposition just die instantly on their feet and that's what happened and Mead celebrated like they were after nearly winning all Ireland because they knew they got out of jail mm. they know they're capable of a hell of a lot better and that might be the spark that will kick them on to uh, to better things which starts next Saturday in Crow Park so no time to rest Crow Park 4 o'clock next Saturday they take on Donegal in a repeat of the league final the Division mm. 1 league final where um, an informed Donegal yeah, I mean yeah. dis- deposing the dubs yeah, you know well, Knocking them out. And that wasn't okay, while it wasn't it wasn't a huge surprise. They'd beaten Dublin in the National League semi final as well, but they were probably rather fortunate on that day to beat them two goals in sixty seconds at the end of that semi final. But they were the better team mm. on Saturday and uh, three seven to one seven, I think off the top of my head was the final score. Uh, the Dublin goal coming late on. So Donegal were quite dominant and fully deserving of their victory and 
I'd say Eamon Murray was sitting watching these games on his phone and seeing Dublin been beaten, seeing uh, Cork been beaten, seeing Armagh been beaten, and just he must have been a nervous wreck going out onto Tullamore, thinking the four four favourites for the Brenda Martin Cup, mm. three of them are gone. We're the last ones left standing. They were just right for the for the picking, but. In fairness, they dug deep and, and booked their place. So that should be a great game next Saturday. We were talking about this myself and, and Jimmy last week. They have had stern tests this year. Mm. They, like, they haven't had an easy an easy wave, an easy ride of it. And um, obviously the same again on Saturday, going right to the death to get the win. Where are they compared to last year, do you think, in terms of, in terms of performance, in terms of, you know, uh, that... That, that style and verve that we saw that won them the All-Ireland title are they there are they still have a way to go to get back to that level do you think well they had stern tests last year as well yeah so they lost to Cork in the first round of the championship um, in Burr last year by a point um, before then they went on and they beat Tipperary quite comfortably so it follows a similar enough pattern to this year where they beat Monaghan comfortably in the group stages and then were held to a draw by Armagh in the group stages then the quarterfinals last year was probably their best performance where they beat Armagh quite comfortably in mm. Clonus that was exceptional but then if you remember the semi-final against Cork last year yeah, where they yeah, needed yeah. the late Flurry and the Duggan's goal and the, the point then to force extra time yeah, and, and then, then we sat in the stands in Croke Park mm. ten minutes before kickoff, basically underlining the fact that Mead were most definitely underdogs going yeah. into this. But uh, we sensed something in the atmosphere that day. I think yeah, it was, was just phenomenal. In the air. It was it was a an electric day. That's what that was. The atmosphere it was just sparkling that yeah, day. And then yeah. so they won by two points. So where are they compared to last year? Last year they didn't exactly wallop teams. They weren't like yeah. swatting teams away. They were because they won Division Two. That was obviously where the big results came through and it looked as if God made this all conquering side capable of swatting but they were playing Division 2 teams then Yeah. this year they played Division 1 still won it they played all the top teams in the championship they're in an All-Ireland semi-final okay they're not playing with the same probably style and the same adventure that they might have played with last year but other teams have figured them out, figured out the style. They mm. might have figured it out. That's one thing. Trying to stop it is another thing. Yeah, that's right. We've, so, we've spoken about the, 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 the targeting or the you know teams zeroing in on the likes of Vicky Wall and Aileen yeah. Lally and, and, and Emma and what have you. Yeah, but so far, they've ridden the wave, they've ridden the storm, and into a semi-final. And that's in Croke Park That's in Croke Park next Saturday, 4 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, the Kerry against Mayo semi-finals on the 2 o'clock. So next Saturday is actually a busy day. Um, because there's a, a number of senior hurling championship matches on in the county uh, we have Ratote against Nafina in Group A the senior hurling championship at 6.30 so I don't know how we're going to manage to uh, divide ourselves in two get from Crow Park to uh, back to uh, Kiltail it's on the way home we might make it perfect for, for, location for, for, badly for, needed on a weekend 4pm and 6.30 uh, you also have Kermess and Blackhall Gales in the Senior Hurling and Clannagale and Longwood there on Saturday but the big game of the weekend in the Mead Senior Hurling Championship next weekend is undoubtedly Trim against Kildalki so it's a uh, both teams, neither neither team won their first round game. Trim got a draw against Nafina. Kildalki lost out to Kiltail and Kildalki are defending champions. So you might say, well, Kildalki's need will be greater mm. because uh, they lost their first round game. But Trim would have been expected to beat Nafina in that first round game. And they won't, they won't be able to afford to slip up too many more times. Whereas 
even if Kildalki did lose to Kiltail and did lose to uh, Retolt and did lose to Trim, you pick up wins against Nafina and Dunboyne, you're more than likely going to make it out of the group. So Kildalki have, and I'm using my air quotes here, the easier game still to come. Right. Um, whereas Trim, Trim need to get that point that they dropped against Nafina, they need to get that back against one of the big guns. So Trim need now to pick up a win against either Kildalki, Kiltail or Retolt. And to beat Kildalki in the A Hurling League Division 1 final only a few weeks ago. So that could be uh, the boost that they need going into this game in Partholchen on Friday night at half seven. So Busy weekend around Yeah, yeah, very busy, busy weekend. There's uh, also the final round of A League AFL Division 1 leagues are on uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, which uh, will determine there's still four or five teams in the running. Uh, we'll just see if we can get get the uh, results up here. There's still four or five teams in the running to get into the um, the latter stages of the A-League Division 1A. Uh, Summerhill currently sit top of the group um, after the 10 games of 14 points. We're saying Colin Kills of 14 points, Retote of 13, Screen of 13 and Wolf Tones have... 12 and even St Peter's Dunboyne aren't out of the reckoning or Dunham or Ashburn on 11 so put them between the top 6 or 7 there yeah so the top team will go straight into a sem- into the final and the second team and third team will then have to play a semi-final so when you look at the fixtures that are coming off screen who are fourth one point behind St Colin Kills who they will play in screen on Tuesday night um, you also then have Dunboyne are in the reckoning there uh, they're playing Navin Mahonies who are already relegated with no wins from their 10 games so if you take that Dunboyne are going to win that Dunmore Ashburn then will play Wolf Tones uh, again if Wolf Tones were to lose and Dunmore Ashburn win there's all all sorts of permutations but the big one there probably is uh, Screen and St Colin Kills if Screen can get one over St Colin Kills and Ratote beat Nafina and Summerhill beat Simonstown, which they would be the two most likely results. You're looking at Summerhill straight into a final, uh, Retoat in a semi-final where they will play either St. Colin Kills or Screen. So that is the big game, mm. Screen and St. Colin Kills tomorrow night. So if you're at a loose end, looking for something to do, nice facilities in uh, in Screen there for uh, 7.45 to win. But there's also Premier Championship games on at the weekend or during the week on Tuesday night as well. Um, they have to start to get tidied up before the football championships get underway, the senior championships get underway. But we had a, a busy weekend of football action in the clubs in the intermediate championship as well I'll just give a quick rundown through the results for anybody that hasn't heard the results in the intermediate football championship St. Patrick's got their campaign up and running with a 12 points to 8 win over Blackhall Gales in Dunsany on Friday night Dulik Bellistown beat Clannagale Gale 223 to 110 a read statement of intent there for Joe Sheridan's side and Rackenny got the better of Beliver 214 to 17 in Dunderry on Friday night so those three teams really got their campaign up and running and will be delighted. Um, Bechtov also got a win. It's not on that list of results there, but Bechtov uh, had a quite comfortable win over Kilmainham. And there was 111 to 7 points. But, um, if you were just to take scores from play, it was 110 to no score. Kilmainham failed to score from play, so that was a massive setback for them. In the junior championship, Sidon 111, Minolte 12. Um, St. Ulton's 3-12, Banlock 10 points. 
Castletown 118, Karen Ross 10 points, Moyla 313, and Boards Mill 28. The Junior B at St. Bridget's 125, St. Mary's 04, Kilmainham Wood 311, Slane 113, and Drumconrath 15 points, Cortown 12 points. So it sets up for a, another round of Intermediate Football Championship next week where you'll see the favourites, um, Dunshockland, kind of forgetting who the favourites were there for a second. Uh, <laughs> runaway favourites really for the championship they're coming into contention so they'll play intermediate football then in sorry that's in two weeks uh, they come in to play Kilmainham on Saturday 23rd the same day as Meek Mogier in that All-Ireland semi-final but next weekend uh, as well as the hurling you have a couple of Junior B championship games John Conrad against St Mary's and St Bridget's against Kilmainham Wood um, so there's plenty of hurling and football action next weekend as well as the Mead ladies uh, the soccer season is also no, we're fairly rattling through things here yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So the soccer season is also rumbling along with the Challenge Cup. Um, has took centre stage last week. Uh, repeated the 2019 Challenge Cup final with uh, Kentstown against Trim Celtic. Uh, Ken, Trim Celtic getting a little bit of revenge this time. I think, or what did Trim Celtic win? I think Trim Celtic won it so in 2019. But Trim Celtic winning again 3-2. Beating last year's Challenge Cup winners, uh, Kentstown. So... Big wins as well there for, for other Mead clubs. I see um, Navin Cousins beat Enfield 3-2. Kel Celtic beat Dulik, which would be a bit of a surprise, beat them 4-1. Newtown beat Bohemian 1-0. Uh, Park Celtic Summerhill lost out 7-0 to Kingscourt. Uh, Robinstown 4, Rosson 0. And Barry James Duff Celtic 4, Lewis Celtic 1. That's not really a, of Mead concern. But uh, plenty of Mead teams getting through to the next round of the Challenge Cup. So... It's been busy. It's been busy. It's yeah. Been, what else uh, catching your eye over the weekend? There was also plenty of winners. I see Gordon Elliott's. Uh, Gordon Elliott won the Midlands National, um, and the name is just going to completely escape me now. Won the Midlands National in Kilbegan on Friday evening, which is uh, another feather in in his cap. Not that he needs many more feathers. He's uh, he's racking up the big race wins. I'm sure the Midlands National in Kilbegan wouldn't be wouldn't be one of the big ones. But you know, all these races say. Uh, they provide good days out for his owners and his trainers and just increases his reputation even further as one of the country's leading trainers. I think Kilbegan had a bad place to be on a nice day. Yeah, yeah, nice spot, a nice spot. No more in our Navin, which also had race meetings this week and Fairy House had race meetings yeah. this week as well. So it's busy, busy around the Royal County uh, with football, hurling, soccer. Uh, I know Colin Keane had rode plenty of winners over the over the week as well. So it's uh, it's all go on the uh, on the sporting frontier in Mead. What did you make of the the action in Croke Park? Oh, look, it, it was you hear people and uh, mentioning about the uh, the effort of Sean O'Shea. Now it was on at the same time as I was covering Bechtoff and Kilmainham, so priorities, kind, kind priorities. of the, uh, and also John Conrad and Cortown in the Junior B. So. Uh, my attentions were kind of drawn to what was happening out in Paratulchin but I, I did have the match running on the laptop beside me and yeah. it was hard to take your eyes off it now I know it mightn't have been the highest quality football that we were hoping for between those two teams but there was no question in the intensity levels and just just the standard of football at this stage of a season is just brilliant to watch to watch the the 
way that both teams go at it and then to finish in such a thrilling style like Dublin not at their be- not at their best still managed to get back into the game from what, with a five goal. six points down at half time you knew they weren't going to just uh, no. lie down and take that they certainly didn't they came right back at it, it was a pulsate finish the yeah game. and then Kerry just to show in other years Kerry would have faded when Dublin came back at them they would have faded they would have started to doubt themselves but they never doubted themselves and nobody doubted Sean O'Shea when he stood over that ball oh, I don't know about that they were looking at the distance and, I don't know about the uh, nobody from Kerry doubted nobody from Kerry I never suppose Pope poetry in motion considering Cluxton a few yeah. years back doing the same thing it, and it, it, it nearly bookended the two scores from quite okay maybe Cluxton's was a tight a narrower angle a little bit closer whereas this was just a boom and kick from 55 metres but similar scores that maybe bookend an era mm-hmm. but Cluxton's one kind of kick started Dublin that time in 2011 and got them and they went on and won six in a row Um and now it looks like Sean O'Shea's might just close off that chapter. I know that's two years now that it haven't won, but it could see the end of of a few Dublin superstars. I'm not sure if the likes of James McCarthy, if Dean Rock, uh, even someone like Brian Fenton, who's still such an athlete and probably and still young enough to to make an impact to, yeah. uh, in the future, it'll be hard to see how they get the hunger to to get back up and and be back in a battle with a team that's very much in transition. Yeah. And the other semi-final, of course, wasn't quite as dramatic. No, but uh, and I know Pat Spillane. the heights. Pat Spillane was was going mental at halftime when I think uh, it was Lee Keegan or somebody that had said it was compelling and it was enthralling and and it was all those things. It was compelling and enthralling. Everybody wants to see an open-ended game where one team is going down one end and kicking the ball over the bar from 35 yards and the other team are going down and repeating that score. Everybody wants to see a basketball match and mm. wide open. But from a coaching or a managing point of view, it's great to be able to see how two teams set up. One team sets up defensively like Derry did and see how Donegal or how Galway tried to break them down and patience and patience and patience and took them 21 minutes to get a score and despite uh, Hawkeye's best efforts uh, to denied him the score there at the end crazy crazy so Hawkeye was was switched off yesterday as a result wasn't it yes and switched off for the second half on Saturday as well so yeah um, and thankfully I don't think it was needed in the in the Dublin Kerry game but it just does lead you to question a couple of other scores that were and weren't Mm. given in other games this year but no point raking over that I suppose at this stage but it's great to see you know there is another compelling aspect to Gaelic football as opposed to just the scores it's great to see good defensive mm. work it's you know it's something that always riled me about rugby where they give a bonus point for scoring tries I always felt but defending is as much a skill in any sport football soccer rugby yeah. any of them that where's the reward in, in rugby for a team that doesn't concede any tries sure yeah. you know you've defended superbly to deny a team a try surely they deserve a bonus point but they're just handing out bonus points for the crack now in rugby I think at this stage <laughs> you get them for turning up nearly um, there'll be some scramble for tickets over in the west and, yeah. uh, and obviously down in Kerry as well but ultimately Kerry are going to have too much for Galway aren't they There'd be some kick in the hole for uh, <laughs> for Mayo, wouldn't it? <laughs> if after all that these is, years, see. banging at the door and Galway come up for the first time in 21 years and walk away with Sam. I think that point was actually <laughs> trending on Twitter <laughs> at one point. Just it? how yeah, much yeah. a kick in the hole will be for Mayo if that happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a nightmare for them. It is hard to see it, but you think that... No, 
Galway have won so many different ways. You know, they they won against Armagh where. Uh, again in both games they were probably slow to start but when they got into the game they showed brilliant football to pull away from Armagh then they showed nerves of steel to stay in it and go on then and, and beat them in the, in the penalty shootout mm. and then they just had to be so patient to break down that dog and dairy defence just had to show brilliant patience to get by them so they've won in, in many different ways and with with somebody like Keen O'Neill involved in their backroom team and Porrick Joyce obviously knows Galway football inside out and he's their manager but Keen O'Neill will have every stone turned over four or five times to try and figure out how they're going to cope with Dublin yeah. or sorry cope with Kerry and uh that's easier said than done with players like the Cliffords. Oh, Paddy, Paddy Clifford was outstanding yesterday. Sean O'Shea, uh, Spillane, Killian Spillane, Thomas Sullivan, uh, Jack Barry. They're just the stars all over the field, Kerry. And it is hard to see how Galway would stop them. But in lads like Shane Walsh and Damien Comer, even the boo-boo, not that it was a boo-boo because it was a plan to have to push men forward for the goalkeeper coming out for Derry but when Comer had that opportunity at an open goal he didn't just trickle it over the line he, he hit the roof of the, the net with net, it yeah, yeah, from 25-30 yards that's not an easy thing to do and if anybody thinks they can do it or if you go up to the pitch get the phones out and send it into us <laughs> sports at me chronicle.ie <laughs> I'd like to see somebody replicate that score with no goalkeeper in 35 yards out without the ball hitting without the, the ground ball, hitting four across the, the line so get your videos into us and we'll put, stick them up online I'd like stuff. to see that but uh, yeah promises to be intriguing just as much so as the all Ireland hurling final on Sunday with Limerick and Kilkenny that That's uh, promises to be, to be a cracker as well Limerick just looked like a pure animal of a side but did somebody say is this Brian Cody's 17th all Ireland final He's been there forever. That, yeah. that, that, it just all Ireland finals, Kenny, Cody. It's, yeah. it's just part of, but to be, of, of to the be tradition. In seventeen, he'll he'll know. He's one of what's coming down. He's one eleven. Something like that. Yeah. I think I think I saw a stand himself and himself. Henry's one ten, and, and then yeah, Sheffield's yeah, one eleven. Yeah. Uh, that Cody's one eleven. That, that, that infamous handshake. Look, it promises to be another great weekend um, of sport, and you've the. the the deciding test in the uh, for Ireland and the with the All Blacks down in the Southern Hemisphere as well. So, I mean, we'll have to get the matchsticks to hold the eyes open. It's going to be busy. Where are we? Where are we the weekend, Ferg? Where, we, where are you stretching we, yourselves, we, yourself? We, we will be everywhere that that can move. We'll be in uh, we'll be in Park Tolchin for Trim and Kildalki on Friday. We'll be in Kilmessen for Kiltail and St Peter's on Friday. Uh, I'll be in Crow Park for the Mead Ladies on Saturday. I'm going to try and get to Kiltail for half six on the way home from Crow Park. Uh, and then Sunday, I think we we'll, a bit like the Lord, I might rest on Sunday. <laughs> well, and, and well deserved. And well deserved. Well, stuff will have to be written up, of course, but uh, we might we might do that in front of the telly watching the All Ireland Hurling final and eating. Uh, anything that's handed to me good stuff good stuff enjoy so, and we look forward to it and we'll read all the coverage in the Maid Chronicle on maidchronicle.ie and our platforms over the weekend and uh, yeah yeah any comments feel free to get in touch with us we're on Twitter at Mead Sports we have our Facebook page and we will post the podcast obviously on Facebook and on our website and feel free to get in contact with us sports at Mead Chronicle 
uh, Mead Chronicle Facebook and at Mead Sports is our Twitter handle. So I've been joined, delighted to have you, Gavin, for another edition of the Mead Chronicle Sports Podcast. Talk a good game.